Do you dare say his name five times? Candyman, 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 Candy... Greetings, everybody. We watched Candyman, the movie that did for mirrors what Jaws did for the ocean. I'm Marshall Hampton. With me, as always, is Aaron Southworth. Hey, Marshall. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing dandy. Okay. Dandy <clears throat> as candy. Dandy yeah, as candy. candy. I like it. Yeah, you like that one. Oh, right, candy so, makes you dandy. So, uh, for those listening now, we can find here that we now finally have some intro music to go with this little yeah ditty. yeah yeah i like that i like the intro music it's a lot of fun i enjoyed it myself as well it makes us a little more professional perhaps it, it, it does instead of just two dudes you know sitting around a table doing a podcast now we're two dudes sitting around the podcast around the table doing a podcast with intro music with music yes <laughs> all right so so we did candy man now this movie is become kind of a classic uh Kind of has a little bit. Of, I don't know if it has a cult following just yet, but it's it's well known. It is very well known. It spawned two sequels. Uh, two sequels. Two sequels. Oh. Um, it was released in 1992. Uh, now I do know. I actually know a person in real life who this movie like terrified. Like it was became afraid of mirrors. It must was, have been a girl. It was. It is a girl. Boom. Uh, but it's like the beauty. Like she refused. She would not say Candyman in front of a mirror at all. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> But uh, I did find this movie is actually based. Um, it was written and directed first uh, by Clive Barker and Bernard Rose. Now everybody should know Clive Barker. He's pretty famous. He's uh, the mastermind behind the Hellraiser franchise, right. Candyman. Obviously, mm-hmm. he also did Lord of Illusions and Nightbreed. Um, did he do Phantasm? I don't think. He I did. don't know. I don't no, think so. I don't think he did either. Uh, but this movie, Candyman, is actually based on a short. Story called The Forbidden, right? Which by was Clive written Barker. By, in 1985 by Barker, and it was the first story in a in the fifth volume of the Book of Blood, or as it's known in the United States, in the flesh. Clive, now, Clive Barker, real quick, Marshall, would yeah. you put him on the Mount Rushmore of horror? Oh, you know what? I I don't know. Like he he's definitely done his due diligence, and he's been around a long time, and he. But personally, for me, like the Hellraiser series, I was never really a fan of. I never. Oh, found, they're good. They're the first like ones. Em. All right. Um, but you know what? Yeah, I, I would say just because of you know whether my personal opinion about how I felt about the series aside, I would say he. Yeah, he's earned it because he, he's done enough. I guess. I guess it had to be the Mount Rushmore of writers, I guess, or directors, or movie of you know, yeah. off screen. Yeah, of uh, course. Like, I mean, you put them to like Wes Craven, Stephen King, Stephen King. Well, if we're yeah. talking about if we're just talking film, then I don't know. If we're talking, if we're adding literature as well, and I don't know if I put them up there as more of like you know Stephen King and uh, oh god, I can't even remember the guy's name, but guy who H.G. Uh, Rockwell, I think his name is like the, the uh, Cthulhu and all that stuff, oh, yeah. or H.G. 
the castle films also. I don't know. No, 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 that's I'm a probably person, making myself look really yeah. stupid right now because I'm getting stuff right. But anyway, the f- that's Finn, okay. That's why we're here. The Finn was actually based on a short film directed by Barker in 1978, also called Forbidden. So this is a movie based on a story based on a short film. So it's really <laughs> kind of weird. Um, also, I found out that you can find it on Amazon Instant Video, iTunes, and I found out later you can actually find it on the Crackle app for free. Uh, one fun thing I did not know about this was that all the post-production sound mixing and recording was done at uh, Skywalker Sound on Lucas. Oh, on Lucas, Lucas Studios. Lucas Studios. Huh. Little, yeah. uh, so let's jump right into it. It does have a decent. It's got an okay cast. Um, everybody knows K-Man's played by Tony Todd, the Tony Todd, the man who really made, became famous for doing the Candyman movies. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen him in other stuff. I can't really think of. Yeah, I I didn't realize anything who he was off the top of my head. Man, but he was actually in two years earlier. He was uh, uh, in the nineteen ninety remake of Night of the Living Dead. Oh yeah, he yeah, yeah. That, that's he was um, Ben. Ben, thank mm-hmm. you. That's right. I think it was yeah Ben. Uh, but obviously, he didn't come to really fame until he did Candyman, and he's got over one hundred eighty six credits to his name. A lot of big stuff. And Virginia Madsen is the main. Uh, Main girl in the movie. She's everybody should know who she is. She's been in a ton of shit. Um, she's related to Michael Madsen, the actor most famous for Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. and Kill a bunch Bill. of other like yeah. independent lower budget stuff. Yeah, Kill Bill. Thank you. So, jumping into the movie, it opening Red Crow, and we see an aerial view of the streets of Chicago, and where the whole obviously the whole movie takes place in Chicago, and then there's like. It zooms in like a, a beehive or just tons, millions and millions of bees. Yeah, just like a beehive activity. Yeah, with Tony Todd doing a voiceover. And he's saying stuff like, what good is blood if it's not for spilling or something like that. And it's just some real cryptic. What good is blood if it cannot be shed? Yeah. People say I shed the blood of the innocent. Yeah. Like he, something I noticed in this movie throughout, he's very poetic the way he speaks. Candyman has a very distinct poetic way of speaking his vocabulary is superb i love the way he talks it's i love it yeah and then the weird shot is like you get a kind of a uh, distant view of like the chicago downtown chicago skyline and all of a sudden it's just bees like erupt out of the city into bees. <laughs> yes. like cover the downtown chicago in a swarm of bees i mean this is like Biblical proportion. Bees. Maybe maybe think of that Wu Tang video. Oh, uh, Triumph. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of like the Triumph video, uh, which actually they may have gotten that from this because Triumph came out like ninety eight, ninety seven, somewhere around. That came out in ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. And so we crossfades to um, killer bees on a swarm. <laughs> protect your neck. Uh, so we crossfade to Virginia Madsen, who plays Helen Lyle, and uh, she's listening to some off screen woman tower. The ur- myth, the urban legend of Candyman. And during this whole story, we see flashbacks. Um, it's a flashback scene of her telling said. this story. Yeah, and it's, we got Billy and some blonde girl who was babysitting at some house. And man, did it look like it really gave me a Scream kind of vibe. Like that opening scene in Scream with uh, yeah, the, Drew the, Barrymore. Yeah, the like too. the lighting, the house, the like suburb kind of feel good kind of place. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I can see where you got that. Like, I definitely get, feel that vibe. Uh, so anyway, Billy in this flashback scene is actually played by uh, Todd Rainey, uh, mm-hmm. who's, you know, he's been a lot of the whole Rainey family name, but uh, uh, very young Todd Rainey in this mm-hmm. one. So 
And so the blonde girl's uh, in the story. She's telling Billy about the Cayman myth while they're in the bathroom. Yeah, so Billy comes over to see her. He's on a bike. He's he looks like uh, like a Fonzie wannabe. Yeah, he's wearing the he's leather jacket. He's got the jacket. white t-shirt on, the leather jacket. The hair's kind of slicked, and she's the babysitter. And right right when he comes in, she's like, shirt comes off, and they're running, <laughs> and they run into the bathroom of all places, and then. If a girl started telling me, you know, there's a legend. If you say Candyman five times, they'll come and, and be in the. I'll be like, that's great. Take off your bra. <laughs> you know, like I would not have the patience to put up with this. Yeah. So she's telling him, like, no, they're in the mirror, and he's she's facing them. They're both facing me. She, he's staying behind her. She's staying Candyman, and the whole time she's saying this, he's just behind her, like groping her and filling her up. He has zero shits to give about yeah. Candyman. And here. he ends up leaving for some reason. Well, because uh, she. Oh, wait, there's the thing. He says Candyman four times while he's feeling up on her. He says oh, Candyman yeah, right. four right. times. He does, he and that. then she goes, Oh, I could never get past four. And she then she says, Go downstairs. I have a surprise for That's you. That's right. Thank and you. he goes downstairs. And while she's looking in the mirror, she says, Candyman, one and, more time. And she turns off the lights. And then in the darkness, Candyman appears behind her. She screams, Cut to Billy downstairs, who's on a couch. He looks up, and there's this blood leaking and dripping through the floor. So this is a problem I had with that scene. He says Candyman four times. Billy does. Yeah. And I then, guess it doesn't matter who says. if you, One person doesn't have to say it. As long as it gets said fit five times, I, I think is what on that. I, I guess there's no rule to it, I suppose. Yeah, as long as it's five times. No. So is, that, is it counting one sitting? So what if you're yeah, like? Yeah, what's the time period? Like, yeah. if you take if you say it four times and wait like two hours and say it again, or two years, two years, or that whatever, five? Yeah. or someone just happens to be in that room looking in that mirror saying Candyman. What if they're singing the song The Candyman Can? <laughs> does that count too? Yeah, that's a good question. Or does it have? To, yeah, I don't know. It, it's not very clear. It doesn't matter. So now we see the girl that's telling the story to Helen, and she's being recorded on a little tiny tape recorder, and she says that Billy's hair turned white from shock. And that the Candyman even killed the baby that the blonde girl was babysitting. Like cooked it. Like put it in the oven or something like that. Yeah, it was something pretty vicious, pretty disturbing. Um, now, Helen walks into a classroom where a black woman is interviewing some jock-looking guy. And, again, they're doing the same uh, same thing. Like this, They're both asking about urban myths and the Candyman story. Uh, this, the girl... And there turned out to be Bernadette, who is kind of Helen's partner in this whole like yeah, graduate, they're, they're, they're graduate. They're graduate students that work on their thesis or their you know dissertation on urban myths or something. And so Helen just walks in and she just lights up a cigarette and smokes in the classroom. I'm just like all uh, oh, the 80s and early 90s. Early 90s when you could smoke and, anywhere. Yeah, in the middle of the classroom, she just starts light sm- uh, smoking away. Um, now we get to an aerial shot of the university campus, which is actually the University of Illinois Chicago. So go flames, <laughs> and I, I'm so I'm curious if anybody, any miracle chance, anybody whoever went to that university ever hears this. Uh, I'd love to know if that's the actual school, or if they just said, you, you know, oh, we'll pick this one because it's in Chicago. Um, so maybe let's know if that's the actual school. If you recognize, I, I bet it is. I bet I it probably is, is mm-hmm. but I'm just curious. Um, so Helen's walking across campus, and we hear the voiceover of a professor giving a lecture on urban myths. Um, and I'm, at this point, I'm trying to think. This movie was the inspiration for the Urban Legends movie that came like in the late nineties. Oh yeah, because I mean it's all the same thing like Urban Myths, Urban Legends, blah blah blah. And what class is this? And why didn't I take this? In yeah, college? exactly. It doesn't. You never know what class is actually for. And she walks. Helen walks in. She sits down. And as soon as she sits down, the a bell rings. Class is over. And I got like, what the fuck? Why is there a bell ringing? Because this is college. This is university. 
I've never once went to a college class where a bell rang. Mm. Not even at junior college. Only in high school do they have bells. Junior high, all that stuff. There's no bells in college. I don't remember if we had bells at SIUC. I really don't remember. I well at Culver Culver Stockton where I went, we did not have bells. There were no bells in college. So this is where we learned that Helen is actually married to the professor given the class. And she gets cranky that he's doing the urban legend lecture while she and Bernie are doing their thesis because like, ah, oh, we can't do it at the same time. You're going to spoil it. Um, and we also meet that uh, she gets a little cranky because there's this blind girl, Stacy, who her husband seems to be a little too friendly. Kind of flirty with. In the post-class, you know, jibber-jabber that goes on. And so now Helen is typing out the interview she just read, got done doing on their computer. And... <laughs> I just found it funny. It has nothing to do with the plot. But it's one of these old computers where it's a blue screen with the uh, white text on it. It's like DOS. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking the whole time I'm seeing because it, it's just a close of the screen with the text across it. And in my mind, I start hearing the Doogie Howser theme music. <laughs> I was just waiting for Doogie Howser because it just took me back to that. I wasn't a Doogie Howser guy. Oh, I, I was. I watched a lot of Doogie. Mm. Um, so now as Clean Lady comes in, she overhears Helen's tape recording. And she starts talking about Candyman herself. She goes, gets her friend from the hallway. Yeah, like, so she's like, you're doing research? She's like, yeah. And she's playing the, she's playing the recording, and yeah. the janitor lady hears it and goes, oh, Candyman, huh? Yeah. I know about Candyman. So. <laughs> oh, she's like, oh, I know about, oh, wait, no, not really me. It's this other lady on the hall. Yeah. Let me go get her. Bring so, her and it's funny. She's like, she says, it's my friend. And it's like, oh, okay, well, can I talk to your friend? She goes, yeah. And she just opens the, the door. door. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, Cynthia, come on in here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And again, so the other clean lady comes in, and we look in the hall, and the hallway is just lined with lockers. And again, I'm like, I swear they filmed this in high school. Okay, I've never yeah. colleges, I've never been to a college where they have lockers lined the walls. That's a good point. Uh, I've been yeah. to Carbondale with you. I've visited you many times. No, never saw. No. Grant, I can't say I was ever in your. your uh, no, I can't. I can't think of any. University setting that would have like, unless it was an old high school that yeah, they converted. converted. Well, like Linenwood here. Yeah, Linwood, Belleville campus of Linwood was my old high school, Belleville West, which is converted. But even then, I think they've probably taken a lot of the lockers. I don't know. I haven't mm-hmm. been in there, I think, but who knows. But it's just weird to see a bell ringing lockers on a college campus. So the two clean ladies are telling the woman, telling Helen about some woman that got killed by Candyman and that he came through the wall. Was her name Ruthie May? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to get Ruthie, Ruthie May or Ruthie Jean. Ruthie Jean. Ruthie Jean. Ruthie Jean. And so that's kind of the thing. Oh, he came through the walls and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, not- no, I love it. I love it. Like, she tells the story. Then she goes, but I ain't got nothing more to say about that. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, she, she realizes that she's saying too much. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, I, yeah. It's- like, it's this, this weird, like, I'm going to tell you everything I know. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, nope, I said too much. Me, and, and I don't all, know nothing. All through this movie, and I don't know if this is something, and this could very well be prevalent to the black community also, but they don't want to tell anybody shit. And it's very much that don't snitch mentality. You know, it's like the, later, there's later on foreshadowing, there's a little kid who doesn't want to talk about Candyman. There's yeah. other people who don't want to talk about Candyman. They kind of mention him, and they're like, whoa, whoa, I'm saying too much. I don't know nothing about that. Yep. Exactly. So Helen's doing research in the library, you know, newspaper, microfilm, that kind of, you know, basic gibberish. Um, she goes back to her apartment and she's talking with Bernadette and she shows her the bathroom, her bathroom and the bathroom next to the apartment next door connected via an opening behind her mirror slash mess and cap. Right. This is kind of an interesting part. She's talking about her apartment building or her condo, her, where the building where her condo is originally being made as a project. 
But then I guess the neighborhood got really nice, and so they canceled it being projects, and they turned them into condos. Yeah, I don't. But know the same were... company made the projects way out in Greenside or wherever Cab- that's going to be. Cabrini Cab- Green. Cabrini which Green. I have a whole bunch of stuff on that later. And so. The the architecture layout is the same. Yeah, I don't so, know if it's meant to be a project, but yeah, it was like the architect, the basically exact same floor plan, exact the, same, the same company same made the same building. Yeah. So you see this time where buildings are connected through the medicine cabinet mirrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now that yeah, you know, at this point they look at each other like, hey, do you believe the Cayman legend? They both say no, and of course they look in the mirror and they say Cayman. Bernadette stops at three. Helen goes. To four, I believe. No, no, no. It's they they go go to four, and then Helen says it fifth time. Okay, Helen does say it. She says, "I lost count somewhere." That was while I was thinking. Oh, I was watching. I'm like, "Oh man, you dumb bitch!" (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's on now. (laughs) So she's sleeping. Helen's sleeping in her bed, and we get the first false scare as a drunk Trevor jumps on her out of the darkness, and he comes up with her, and then goes to bed. That's it. Uh, The next day. Helen and Bernadette are driving to the ghetto to check out the the projects that the Candyman is said to have killed a bunch of people. And, and, and Bernadette is freaked out. Yeah. And mind you, Bernadette is also African-American. Yeah. Bernadette's black, and she's packing tasers, pepper spray, and this is before, you know, you could carry a gun legally, like conceal and carry. So she's she's got everything she can carry yep. except an actual gun. Yeah. So she they're going to the uh, Cabrini, Cabrini Green Project. Right. Which is completely run by gangs, and this, this is where actually because I want to do some research on this is actually a real place in Chicago, and I had to look up this because I wanted to see how bad this place is, um, and it's pretty horrific. Like what goes on here <laughs> over the years, like it's like the worst of the worst. Um, the corners of Locust and Cedric, which are two of the intersections there, is no nicknamed the Death Corner. Because, like, over the years, there's been, like, a minimum of, like, 50 murders at this place. So don't hang out on that corner. Yeah. Candyman <laughs> lives there. <laughs> um, the place was rotting. Garbage were stacked up and clogged trash chutes so high that it once piled to the 15th floor. Jesus. That's disgusting. And, so it get, I mean, it get worse. Uh, there were, In 1970, there were two Chicago patrolmen. Um I'm not going to go into their names, but they were both shot and killed by gang members while patrolling the community housing for a volunteer. They were doing a walk and talk with just, hey, let's just hang out here and let's get to know these guys. And they were shot and murdered. Um, and it was because it was the shooting was to seal a pact between two rival gangs, So they were, which is crazy. And then 1981, there was the gang killings of 11 people. They made national headline news. So, so to unify the gangs, instead of playing a pickup basketball game, yeah. they killed cops? Yep. Yeah, I guess that's one way to do it. Yep. Uh, in 1981, the Chicago mayor moved in here, moved in there to try to, like, hey, let's bring this up. Look at like a PR sign or something. Yeah. She stayed for only three weeks. She couldn't, you know, she, and then she got freaked out. So she only stayed three weeks. But they, they, it, there was a, <laughs> Fuck it, it's a loss. And she was, like, surrounded by police and bodyguards the whole time. But as a security measure, the rear entryway into the unit she was staying in was welded shut. <laughs> but the only this it was impact. This had the impact of fortifying the the unit for gang members, and many other gang members copied this technique in other units. So oh basically, it turns into God. a fortified base. In 1992, a seven-year-old 
was shot in the head by a sniper stray bullet. Oh, Jesus. 1997, a nine-year-old girl X, as it's called, was raped and poisoned in a stairwell, leaving her blind, paralyzed, and mute. Fuck. The gangster disciple's letters were carved into her ch- stomach. But this says the gangster disciples were so incensed that their letters were scrawled in her stomach, they ordered members of the gang to put, and put out a hit on the person who actually did it. Well, good for the GD motherfuckers. They... The police caught the guy, a 25-year-old named Patrick Sykes, who was not a gang member, and he was sentenced to 120 years in prison. And that's just some of it. I mean, there is a lot worse. Yeah, you, Marshall, on. I don't know. Marshall has like six or seven pages here of stuff. And, but the fun films, the fun facts. <laughs> this is the fun stuff. The fun stuff. Uh, the opening shot and many scenes of Cooley High, 1975 film, take place in Cabrini, home, Cabrini, Cabrini Green Homes. And the film portrays the lives of young people in those projects. The film's creator, Eric Monti, was raised in Cabrini Green and attended the real-life Cooley High School. Um, Cabrini Green is also the home of the Evans family in television series Good Times. Good Times. So Good Times takes place there. And the PJs, a long pipe, mostly forgotten animated stop-motion claymation cartoon that uh, I think Eddie, Mor- Eddie Murphy did the voice of it. I think it was Eddie Murphy. But anyway, it portrays the life of a public housing project, and it's modeled after Cabrini Green. So yeah. it spawned a lot of stuff. But it's just a sh- real-life hellhole. Yeah, hellhole. So now we get the, the area view of the infamous Cabrini Green projects. And Helen and Bernie, Bernie, Bernadette, and I was just called Bernie, pull up and head up to the apartment that the woman from the, cl- the Clean Lay story was killed in. Helen, in this way, said, oh, the layout's the exact same place as my apartment. So, she, you know, we've already covered that. She goes to the bathroom, and she finds the same hole connecting this apartment to the next apartment. Uh, she decides to crawl through the opening, check out the other side. Bernie's like, fuck that. I'm staying here. Yeah, That's Bernadette stupid. wants it has nothing to do with snooping around. Exactly. So she comes out the hole on the other side, and as the camera zooms out, as she's crawling, we see on the wall like, a spray paint graffiti, giant painting. Like a collage. Uh, or not a collage, mural. Mural, thank you, yeah. Uh, of Candyman, his mouth open. His mouth is the hole that people are climbing through. So it's kind of cool. It is, yeah. It's and, actually neat and on the floor, there's candles around it and like an offering of candy. Yeah, there's, there's like a bunch of like Russell Stover's candies or yeah, no, like, there's or, no labels. There's or like Whitman's, blue. you know, just like little chocolate candies with razor blades in them. Yeah, and this is what I'm going to bring this up because this is the only time in this entire movie where candy actually right has any effect. And it, it's just there. It's and like, it's booby trap candy. And she's like, this is fucking weird. Never talk about yeah. it again. And never we, mentioned we, again. Exactly why the guy is even called Candyman is never even. No. Because he, Candyman himself, once he goes going to the whole backstory, and I go, you know. There's nothing things. sweet about this he man. He was never <laughs> called Candyman right. in life or death. Like, so I don't understand why Candyman even. There's no rationale. No rationale. Nothing. Nothing to even. So. But so, there's razor blade candy for one scene, yeah, and that's it. That's it. So Helen and Bernie, they meet a lady with a baby, and they talk about Ruthie Jean, and that the lady was murdered, and, you know... What was the lady's name, like, Angela? Uh, Anne-Marie. 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 Uh, and she's, she lives in the project, so, like, she lives, like, mm-hmm. right next to the apartment where she was She's murdered. got a big Rottweiler big dog, dog, and, you know, she's like, look, we're not all bad people here. Some of us are trying to work. We're not all gang members. Yeah. We're not all thugs. And she seems like a, like a single mom just trying to do her best. Trying to get by. Right. Just and so now we cut to a diner scene with Helen, Bernadette, Trevor, and two other guys. Okay. 
a dinner scene. Like dinner scene. Not a diner scene. It makes it sound like they're in a crappy diner. Okay, you're they right. are at a very nice restaurant. Right. And they're all smoking. They they're are all, all smoking. It's just, it's like, I'm just distracted by the amount of like blue-gray smoke swirling yeah. around the screen. And not only are they smoking, they're fucking chain-smoking. Yeah. Like, she puts one out and immediately lights another. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of smoking going on here. And... So this guy with the long hair and glasses, turned, he's another professor. And they found the most pompous actor. The only thing he didn't have was a thick English accent. Yeah, it's kind of waiting for that. He's got long hair, and he's like, ho, 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 ho. Just this pompous, liberal, professor-type character, just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Oh, God. And he's, he's like, Helen's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing my dissertation research on Candyman. He's like, oh, well, you should have just come to me first because I could. I've already done that. Well, I let me that. tell you, ladies. I did I that know. ten years ago. I know all about Candyman. And you might as well not even do it because you're not going to learn anything that I did. And she, Helen takes offense to this. Yeah. So she goes, "We're going to bury you." So this is where the professor got. He goes into the back. This is where we learn more about Candyman and his origins. Uh, is it dates back to 1890, and he was the son of a slaver turned rich businessman. Um, he says Candyman was a good artist, a painter. And he was hired to do a portrait of some highly rich, educated. Yeah, yeah. He was hired. Yeah. To, he was hired to do a portrait of a rich landowner's daughter to capture her virginal essence. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Yeah. Of course, came in the virgin girl. They hook up, fall in love. She gets pregnant. Father, you know, racist at the time, hires all these goons to hunt down Candyman, and they chase him to the Cabrini Green projects, which at the time, even though actually. I wrote it's, it dates back pretty far, yeah. nearly to that, like early 1900s. Um, they cut off his hand with a rusty blade, and then the goons smashed. Uh, yeah, there's like a, a near, beehive near nearby. Yeah, they smashed a nearby beehive, rubbed the honey and the honeycomb on K-Man's naked body, and he was K-Man was basically stung to, stung to death by bees. Right, that's his backstory. Again, nothing about Candyman's. You don't even get the guy's name. Maybe he's sweet with honey. I don't. Oh, candied man. honey? Yeah, it I, makes no sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grasping yeah, here. I, I'm grasping. You so we cut. Now we're back to Helen, and she's back at the Cabrini Green uh, apartment taking pictures of the Candyman painting on the wall. Um, she talked to some kid who I think we learned his name is Jason. Jake. Jake. Thank Jake. You. And Jake don't snitch either. Yeah, he knows stitch. And he, she's outside Anne Marie's apartment, and the kid is scared to talk about Candyman. He be, he's yeah, gonna he's, like, he's like, I'm not going to talk. He's, he's like, you can come and get me. Yeah, he, he, get me. he knows about Candyman. He's like, I'm not going to tell you shit. And she's just like, well, it'd be our secret, but if you're too scared. She's like manipulating yeah. this kid. And he's like, well, I'm not scared. You know, he's like eight or nine years old. Yep. And so Helen's like, <laughs> he talks, he finally talks the kid into showing her where the Candyman is. And he takes her to this rundown, disgusting like public, bathroom. public restroom outside. And he tells the story. And he says the boy, uh, that the boy was killed in there. And the Candyman cut off the kid's penis and they found it floating in the toilet. So, yeah, he's telling the story of he's with his mama, and, you know, the kid starts making noise, and it's like, was there something wrong with the kid? And he goes, no, nah, he, wasn't, he wasn't sick. He was retarded. <laughs> so it's a retarded boy who was moaning and needed to go to the bathroom. Mom says go to the bathroom. And I guess he must have said Candyman five times because the kid's screaming and screaming. And he goes, yeah, and then when a real big man went in there, and he when he came out five seconds later, his hair turned white. Just like Billy. Yeah. Yep, just like Billy. So apparently Candyman cut off the retarded boy's dick mm-hmm. and put it in the put it, put it in the toilet. The in the toilet. And, and then Jake goes, there ain't no fixing that. You might as well be dead. Yep. <laughs> this is coming from like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old's mouth. That's- I know. He's like nine. It's like. 
He doesn't even know what his dick's for other than taking a leak. But he knows some way. He's just like, man, fuck that. Or maybe, who knows? I know life is different in the projects. But when I was nine, I cared about my Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Things might be different in the projects. Jake might be a pimp for all I know. Yeah, who knows? He might be getting a lot of pussy on the side. So, she goes into the disgusting bathroom to take more pictures. And, and it's, written, it's, it's disgusting. It's like it's, written. Yeah. Stuff is written with shit. Yeah. And there's I should crap. Kind of on the wall that Anne Marie's uh, apartment, like the outside wall, is written sweets for to, my sweet. Or sweets sweet, to the sweet. sweet. Yeah. Sweets to and the sweet. This is written in the public bathroom on the inside. And it's just written in shit. And she opens up the last stall. And there's an arrow pointing down, also drawn in shit. She lifts the toilet seat up. And the toilet is completely filled, like overflowing with bees. With bees. Yeah. Now, it's just really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. So she goes to leave, and a guy in a full-length leather coat enters the room. He pulls out a giant meat hook. Okay, yeah, it's like, okay, she's trying to leave, and then one by one, guys start coming in. Yeah. And I swear to God, it looks like an evil junkyard gang from Fat Albert. <laughs> they they all just look so different and distinct. And one guy's got a hat that's just like a ridiculous, this huge hat. <laughs> one guy's wearing like... Purple and teal, and he's the, like the windbreakers and, in this. Were and he's awesome. like punching his fists, like yeah. There's like a you lot know? of like ghetto people wearing like bright neon colored windbreakers. <laughs> the, the gangs have shit. It's, colors. They're like French they, Prince of Bel Air type. They have attire. really really bad designs for their colors they're representing. Um, so they walk in, they grab her, and the guy on the other coat says, "I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch." And then he hits her like right in the eye with like the curved part of the hook, knocking her out, like smashes her face with yeah. it. Yeah. She went at the police station. She's idealing the man in the lineup. Her eyes super fucked up. <laughs> the cop said that this guy is the guy that killed Jean, Ruthie Jean and the boy in the restroom. And that he's also some, he's a gang leader. So this guy is using the myth of Candyman yeah. for his advantage. So he, he basically he goes by the name Candyman. Everybody, and he, he, he carries the hook. He does, and he, so people think he's the Candyman. Right. And so he's arrested. You never see him again. Now, we're jumping ahead. Helen's walking through a parking garage. We hear a voice calling Helen's name. She gets to her car. She turns around to see a man at the far side of the garage wearing a full-length fur-trimmed coat. coat slash cloak. And, and nice gets, pants, nice shoes. He looks some pretty he's dapper. Pimp. He's dapper. Ta- indeed, dapper. Uh, she gets flashes of the Candyman wall mural in her head, which causes her to stumble around a bit. And now she goes into some kind of trance as Candyman is speaking to her. He pulls out, he reveals his hook hand, and he's saying things like, be my victim, blood must be shed. You're right. A lot yeah. of stuff like that. Um, Again, great vocabulary, very yeah. bizarre. Now, I want to say, it's, uh, to my like, this guy, like, he is well-dressed. He's definitely the most well-dressed mont- killer in these movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Now, I want to take a quick note. We're gonna, I'm taking you all the way back to when we did Sweatshop. Mm-hmm. So, obese, furry, fatty guy. If you want to wear furs, this is how you wear furs if you're going to be exactly. Killer. This is With how style. you look like a like an absolute dapper gentleman, yeah. and still a killer. Yeah, Candyman does it right. The only thing that throws me off is his severed, stumpy, hook gross hand. hook hand, and it's like when I see that, I go, "Ew!" Yeah, it's it's, it's weird looking. It's not. Yeah, it's, put a glove on that thing. <laughs> so Helen, she's Helen wakes up in the bathroom floor. And she's covered in and surrounded by blood all over the place. We hear a woman screaming and crying out in pain. Like, going bonkers. Yeah, so, going so nuts. We go from her passing out in the parking lot to, to waking, waking up, up in, in the bathroom. bathroom just covered in blood. I mean, mm-hmm. covered in thick, dark, good-looking blood yep. to and screaming. 
she uh, opens the door and we and she sees the severed head of Anne Marie's dog. Uh, next to a yeah, big so, old meat cleaver. So there's that severed poor Rottweiler yeah, poor gets Rottweiler. his head chopped off. So he opens another door in the hallway and she finds Anne-Marie crying and screaming uh, over her baby's crib and there's blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anne sees Helen. She charges Helen thinking that Helen did it. They struggle. Helen manages to get on top and she threatens Anne-Marie with the cleaver and she's like, raise up, like I'm about to come. Like, stop, stop this. I didn't mm-hmm. do this. Stop it. And of course, as with the meat cleaver mounted on top of Anne, meat cleaver held I. Of course, the police, when the police arrive, break in the door, seeing Helen on top of Anne-Marie holding the cleaver. Covered in blood. Covered in blood. She's now arrested. They have handcuffed. Helen is now handcuffed and being escorted out of the building. The next scene is a blood-covered Helen getting stripped down by a female police <laughs> officer and who's very mannish. And we do, you do get to see some side movement. Even a quick, yeah, but it's a so, nip, ugh, so unerotic. You're right, but I'm just pointing out, for, you know, you get, gotta do the duty and say it is there. It's, it is a horror movie. There's almost so always that's boobs. That's really the only boob you get in this whole movie. Uh, now, uh, now and Clean House is in the interrogation room, and the detective that she was speaking with at the lineup not too long ago is there along with another detective. Helen's arrested. They asked where the baby is. Um, she's like, I don't know. Give me my phone call. That detective looks exactly like Charlie Rangel, the states, or he's the he's like a congressman from New York who's real corrupt and kind of fat and weird, and he sounds like a cheap Morgan Freeman. <laughs> so he's like, looks like Charlie Rangel, cheap Morgan Freeman voice. Kind of an interesting guy. <laughs> I want to know more about him. Uh, that's funny. And so where was I? I just lost. Oh, she's asking where the baby is. She doesn't know. She gets her phone call. She yeah, calls. so they're saying, you took the baby. Where's the baby? And yeah. She's like, I want my phone call. She calls home looking for Trevor, but she only gets an answer machine. Three in the morning. And she asks what time. Like, mm-hmm. It's 3 a.m. So now we're thinking, okay, Trevor's out banging that blonde Stacy oh, girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of set up Trevor be creeping. Yep. Um, Helen's in her holding cell. She's staring into the toilet. For some reason, the water drains. I don't see her flush, but the water just goes away. And... She gets flashes of the baby in a dirty, graffiti-covered room, strobe light effects going on, and Candyman's hook is there. Anne-Marie screaming, blood and uh, blood pulling out of her hair, bloody and pulling her hair out. Anne-Marie's, like, yanking her hair out. That's the thing. And these are Helen's visions, and it just... I don't know if these are supposed to be, like, her visions, like she's seeing this in her mind, or if we're just, like, the filmmaker saying, this is what's happening elsewhere. Right. It's really kind of confusing. If it, Helen sees this in her head... Or this shit just happens to be happening somewhere else. Uh, Trevor finally shows up, bails out Helen. And they're back at Helen's place. They're talking to the lawyer uh, about what's going on. And, you know, no, it's kind of boring scene. She goes to take a bath. Trevor comes in to ask him where, is, where he was last night. He says he was sound asleep. Sound asleep. And that he thought she was out with Bernadette, Bernadette. doing working on stuff. So he's trying, he's trying to cover his, his That's his but alibi. But we know he was not at home. Uh Helen starts going through the slides that Bernadette gives, gives her just a little before and using a slide projector in the living room. Sweet. Yep. And in one reflections in the mirror, on one slide she sees reflection in the mirror while the flash is going off, which lights up the reflection, and she adjusts the focus, and we see Candyman in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh-oh, so, Candyman, somebody's there. So yeah, you man, see her maybe now. he is real. Hmm. Yeah. She goes back to the bathroom, and Candyman's hooked right hand smashes through the mirror and slash medicine cabinet just smashes through it, breaks through it. She mm-hmm. runs out to the hallway, and of course, there's Candyman. Here he is, standing at the end of the hall, blocking her path. She's saying some more sweet, saying, cryptic, poetic stuff. Believe, believe in me. Be my victim, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Helen runs back inside. She goes for the phone. Candyman shows up behind her. He tells her that he has the baby, 
and says that allow me to take you or the baby will die in your place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Trade done. Yeah, K-Man says that uh, her disbelief has destroyed the faith of his congregation. Congregation, yeah. Without them, I am nothing, and now I must kill you. <laughs> says her death will put fear in the hearts of children. Says, and comes with me and become immortal. And he says something to the effect of it will put fear in the hearts of children. It will make lovers hold themselves closer in an embrace of yeah. my name. Yeah, it's weird, really weird stuff. Yeah. So Bernadette shows up outside Helen's apartment yeah. with flowers. <laughs> Helen's like, no, go, go. And, she, and Bernadette's like, what? What's that? She, so she comes in and she's killed by Candyman. Bernadette turns, sees Candyman, yep. and is like, ah. And then you just you, you don't see it's, it. Again, it's the off screen. So back yeah. in the kitchen, Helen's laying there, and we hear foot, heavy footsteps coming closer. Thump. So we're like, oh, God, Candyman's coming back for. Nope. Trevor comes around the corner interview. And Helen's like lying on the floor. She's bloody. She's holding a giant bloody kitchen knife, seeming like, and she's like half delusional at this point. She's like out of it. She wakes up in bed and she's handcuffed again. And she manages to get up and run out to the living room where it's completely filled with cops. There's cops everywhere now. Bernadette's dead bodies low on the floor. And all the the slides are like shoved into her bloody wounds and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They're like like sprinkled on her. her. And the cops picking them off with tweezers. So, yeah. And I'm going to skip ahead here because some boring stuff happens. Um, So basically, Helen is taken to a hospital and strapped down to it's not even a bed or anything. It's a metal table with a mattress on it. It's a psych ward table i it's, mean it's like it's a seclusion room bed yeah, which but is I was, but normal. i wasn't gonna use the word bed or and it's not a gurney it's not a bed because it's just a big metal table with a, through a mattress on it and Candyman appears and he's floating above her as she's laying down she freaks out and he disappears and you know orders come in she's sedated move on well this is this is my little my little beef when she starts freaking out and the medical team runs in Oh, the, oh, the CCs, please. I was going to go into this. He goes, I was going to ask you about this. A thousand milliliter stat. And yeah. I was like, what? what? I know. I meant to bring this up. I, I, that's supposed to be my notes. Like, no. Ask Aaron about milliliter. <laughs> that's like the size. That's a milliliter. That's that's a, huge. It's like, is it like a quart or something? A gallon or something? It's, 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 a, it's a liter of. A liter, thank you. Yeah, a it's a liter of cola. But no, it's yeah. a liter. A milliliter. It, a got, thousand milliliters. Yeah, he asked for a thousand milliliters. Yeah, and I, my mind is blue. Yeah, and then I, also the, she runs in with a sub Q needle, which is used to put into subcutaneous fat, like a diabetic needle. Okay, and she puts it in her arm, which is not—it's not right. <laughs> Everything about that scene was wrong, and I'm I just like, at, ah! yeah. I was like, that seems like a way too much today. Yeah. <laughs> like a thousand. So now um, she—it's the next day. Helen's taken to see the hospital psychiatrist. Um, and she finds out that she's been here now for three months. So three months have passed. Was it three months or one month? Three. That's no. I say that. I'm not sure. A month. It's one yeah, month. Yeah, it's, it's one, one month. month. She's one been month. there for one month, month in a stupor. Yep. Oh, and she's so been problems. charged with first degree murder. I got so it. many problems with that. Yeah, that's okay. A lot of medical stuff that's wrong about this. Um, so she's charged with first degree murder. She says she's innocent and that she can prove it. So the side character's like, what? No, you can't. You're, you're, just let this go. He's like, and she looks into the mirror that happens to be hanging on the wall, and she says, K-Man, five times. Nothing happens right away. We get like two, yeah, three seconds. Yeah, he's just kind of looking like, at her like, like okay, okay, you nothing. are crazy. And then he's unimpressed, and all of a sudden, K-Man just stabs him through from the behind. <laughs> he rises up from behind the desk and behind the doctor's chair. Just ripping him up. And while the doctor's coughing up blood, and he basically eviscerates the doctor with his hook. And this is our first on-screen kill in the movie. Right. 
And he looks at Helen and says, you're mine now. Well, he does it much more, you know. Smooth. S- smoothly and styly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Um, and came and rips off Helen's restraints with his hook. And he just kind of does this weird, like, he kind of floats or flies back. Flies backwards. Out smashes the out the Smashes out, out the window. Yeah. And if you know this game, like, in the shot, you can see the wire. Yes. You saw yeah, the it's wire. like a dark black wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah you it's can not see the wire <laughs> taken out the window. Um. At this point, everybody's like, bang, like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Helen gets up. She goes out the window. She scales across the ledge to the next window, and she tackles a nurse. She, like, knocks on the window, and the nurse is like, like whoa. whoa. She just walks right over, like, hello. Yeah. She, <laughs> she flies the nurse. and smashes the nurse. She takes the nurse's uniform, and her scrubs, uniform, whatever, and she, she gets out. She somehow manages to get back to her apartment, only to find that it's being completely repainted now. And it's uh, and guess like who's there pink, repainting it's like it? Pink walls and all this, and she sees blonde Stacy painting the wall, and Trevor comes out of the bathroom in a bathrobe, and uh, Helen's world is rocked. Yeah, but I, I would put it was a pretty cool scene because Helen, like Trevor's, like everyone's like they're scared to death. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna what the psycho do? But Helen, as far like, as they know, she's killed. She's kidnapped the baby, yeah. chopped the head off a dog, and has killed her best friend, yeah, and now escaped saying. a mental institution. Yeah. She's badass. So, I gotta say, this, this was a kind of a cool scene because I can't really go into it all because it just it's Virginia Madison's performance in this scene that's really good. Like she goes from like creepy to like completely emotionless. Like, I, I'm not gonna kill you. Why are you scared of me? Like, it's yeah, a really it's, good it's really performance good. by uh, Virginia Madison in this scene. Eventually, Helen leaves the apartment. And it's nighttime. Helen is back. She goes back to Cabrini Green. She's snooping around. She finds more wall art of the Candyman. And for some reason, she finds Candyman sleeping I on know. a desk. So, like, if this is the guy who's like an unnatural, supernatural, undead kind of ghost who right. tra- travels like different planes of existence. He can float why is around. He sleeping? Yeah, why is he? I don't get it. Candyman <laughs> takes naps. Apparently, he takes naps. She, she walks up and basically stabs him in the neck with something. You know what it is? Candyman's cousin is the Sandman. Ah. Sandman just left. Ah, Candyman it. was a little sleepy. Candyman, yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. So she stabs him in the neck with something, and he sits up and well, he has a hook. He, she finds a hook, was and she hook? sticks a hook in him, and he just goes, Bitch, just takes it I out. I didn't see it was a hook. He I can, give, he can care less. He just got stabbed. He and just like, looks up. He's like, oh, it's you. Okay. And then he goes he's like, like, oh, it's my girl. What's he's up? Like, hey. He's like, hey, <laughs> be that whole victim thing. You'll be my victim now? Yeah, Immortal? and she's yeah. like, all right. <laughs> and so Callum faints a bit, and she's like, oh, she gets wobbly. He always has this like weird... Power over her, like she's he's like, like whenever she, yeah, that's, always, a, like, look my that's eyes, a very good way of saying it because she, every time you see her interact with him, she's just uh, like she can barely stand. Yeah. She's like in a hypnotic trance. She's just she's mesmerized by him and even terrified, but can't do anything about it. Exactly. So now, so Hakimia basically picks her up and um, just kind of carries her over to some slab or table and lays her down on it. Uh, she reaches out to touch him, and when she pulls her hand back, it's covered in bees. And this is where it gets weird. Yeah. Now, Cayman opens up his coat to reveal his chest, which is basically like Skin. hollowed out ribs. It's like a rib cage, and it's hollow, but it's filled with bees. bees. There's just like no lungs, no heart. It's just bees. Tons. I mean, just so many bees, it almost looks like solid mass underneath. The right. Ribs. Just man is made of bees. Yeah, and bees start coming out of his mouth. And he leans down and he starts and he kisses Helen with a mouthful of bees, bees. which is really weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I, when we're done, I got some fun notes about that. No, I do. Yeah, okay. probably the same ones. 
Um, now both Cayman and Helen have bees crawling all over their faces. All over the place. Helen passes out again. Cayman walks off, walks off with the baby. He picks up the baby and he just walks off with it. So it's been a month. Yep. So Candyman has been changing poopy diapers. And feeding the baby. And feeding the baby yep. with his gross hook hand. Just, you know, keeping the baby alive. Yeah. For a month. Good God. <laughs> yeah. I guess now that, that's, that's something I would rather see. I'd rather see creepy Candyman <laughs> feeding a baby, baby with his bloody stump hook, changing duty diapers, and reading him like Thomas the Tank Engine. You could be like, instead of like three minutes, baby, like Candyman <laughs> raising a kid. That's a sitcom right there. I know. <laughs> uh, Helen wakes up. She's alone. And she finds a meat hook on the floor. Just, hey, look, there's a meat hook right here. That's convenient. She then sees written on the wall, it was always you, Helen. And it's like, written, I don't know if it was in blood or just black paint, but there's candles all around. It says, ah. And she gets closer to this, and we see that all these murals, all these paintings on the wall, and she zooms it, and the rich guy's daughter that came in supposed to paint up is basically Helen. Helen, Helen is the embodiment. Or at least it lo- looks like Helen. Right. Yeah. So, and this is something I wondered right away when. The movie is almost like, is, is, is she supposed to be the embodiment of the virgin-esque person that Candyman fell in love with? And impregnated. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 you kind of saw it coming. Yeah, it, it was not a big surprise. She goes outside. Helen goes outside, and there's a giant pile. I mean, we're talking like 12, 15 feet tall pile of trash. This is something that's mentioned earlier in the movie. When yeah. Jake, the little, you know... Ghetto the, the, when the, the little The little nine-year-old playboy who knows how to use his thing, uh, showing him to the public bathroom. There's a huge, huge pile of old furniture and mattresses and wood. I mean, it's like the size just, of like a one-story house. Right, it's gigantic. And, you know, Helen even says, whoa, is someone having a bonfire? And he goes, yeah, it's for the party. And, yeah. okay, so there's this giant... Thing, but it's yeah. been sitting there for over a month now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It would be been sitting there for a month. <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. So, yeah, they're, they're going to find. And she hears the baby crying from inside the trash heap. And she starts digging her way through the trash to get to the baby. Meanwhile, Jake sees some teens and the kid she met earlier, uh, Jake, start dousing the trash heap in gasoline, getting ready to light it on yeah, fire. Yeah, and I. <sighs> This is what pissed me off, is that, I, you know, Jake sees her outside crawling around in the trash heap, and he's go, he goes, Candyman, you know, and, and so I guess she has now been almost dubbed, and I can understand how this community might hate her, because she yeah, has been the know, one. Yeah, I she, like, oh, she stole the kid's baby. She's so been the one her. who's accused of stealing the baby. Yeah. So I, I get their beef with her. So they, Jake sees her crawling in there. He, I, I'm guessing he got a posse because he's leading them, and he's got a he's got a torch ready to burn. See, I, don't, I don't even know if he even saw, but yeah, like they were gonna burn this thing anyway. Well, but it's in the middle of the night. Yeah, everyone's asleep. He's leading them. He see. I'm t- I'm thinking he went around, woke up people, and it's like, hey, that crazy white bitch who stole a <laughs> baby is out there crawling around the garbage. Let's go get her. Yeah. You know. So, but anyway, they're walking up. She can hear this baby crying, crying, yeah. crying. Why, Why can't, can't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they, they make, they're like, hey, wait a minute, there's a baby in there. Like, I understand they want to burn her, but if they're like, oh, shit, there's a baby crying in there, I don't think anybody's, like, ugh. Yeah, so who knows. But eventually, Helen digs her way to the baby. Outside the pile, all, now all the residents of the surrounding projects uh, start showing up. Candyman appears behind Helen, and he grabs her, covering her mouth with his good hand. 
<laughs> the people outside are lighting torches. They toss the torches. He's like, we're going to die together and be forever. We're going to be immortal. And it goes up in flames. Helen's screaming while the people chant, burn him and burn. They're saying burn him. It's not burn her. So, again, I, think, do they need, I don't think they really know she's in there. They're thinking they're burning Candyman. Which, again, makes no sense because right. why would burning a pile of trash actually burn Candyman? They don't, like, why would he even be in? They don't know he's in there. <sighs> if they know he's in there, then they know the baby's. I, this, it makes no sense. There's a lot of logic um, missing unless, here. Unless, I'm reaching, maybe they think the spirit of Candyman has <sighs> gone into Helen and is now possessing her. And that's a reach. Yeah, that's a reach. But, yeah, who knows? Anyway, back to, she grabs... Uh, a piece. How much? Uh, she grabs a piece of burning wood and stabs it into K-Man's chest. And this seems to really hurt him bad. Yeah, this hurts. Considering he got a huge hook in the chest while he was sleeping, he didn't give two shits about it's it. It's a neck, but yeah, he didn't. Maybe I don't know. Fire burned bees. So. <laughs> <laughs> fire burns bees, bees bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she tries to. As she's scrambling away, she's crawling away with the baby. There's burning debris falling around her. And it, like a piece of wood falls on top of Helen. Oh yeah, and she big, catches on fire. And it's ugh, ugh, that part's gruesome. Yeah, that part she, that gives me the willies. She manages to crawl from the burning trash heap with the baby. Her hair is on fire. So is her back. Onlookers like, holy shit! Someone they puts her out. Yeah, smother with a blanket. When they uncover the blanket, her hair is completely gone. Scalp is her head is just melted on just oh, bad burns burn. Bad. Uh, she, her ears are her ears are gone. Burn. You yeah. know, yeah, it's pretty good makeup. Uh, Anne Marie runs over, seeing the baby. She takes the baby from Helen, and Helen or Candyman is then shown being engulfed in flames in the trash heap, and he's burning. And you get a wide shot of the bonfire burning, bees erupting from the flames on fire, <laughs> and Jake uh, is shown looking into the fire. He sees the burnt body of Candyman, or or at least a burnt body, because mm. there are sequels. So, um, and we get another wide shot of the roaring fire fade out and we fade in on helen a very close-up side shot of helen dead in a coffin and it shows helen's funeral burial at the cemetery and there's only five people there just just like uh what was the other movie where only like one or two people showed up oh that would be a uh, dead, silence, dead silence yeah it's like, like one person right so helen background. just must ah I mean, yes, she was accused of killing a person and kidnapping a baby and was found at the scene. Well, I was imagine she got clear of the baby because Amory got her baby back. And she said, yeah, you'd you, you, you think, like, family members would show up. What? But you know who did show up? The swarthy professor with the really long yeah, hair. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Trevor and Stacy, the blonde, the lawyer we saw earlier, and then the long-haired professor. And the only other person there was the priest and the graveyard worker who lowers the coffin into the grave. That's it. Yeah. So after the final words by the priest, the group looks up and they see like, all the residents. The entire Cabrini the whole, Green. All black residents of the Cabrini Green project projects walking towards them. And it's led by Anne-Marie and Jake. the boy Jake. So Jake, Anne-Marie, they approach the grave. Jake opens his coat and pulls out Candyman's hook. And like dropping a microphone, he <laughs> drops it into the grave, <laughs> into Helen's grave, and it clunks off her coffin. Now we cut to Trevor and Stacy back at their apartment. Stacy's getting ready for dinner. Everything looks nice. Trevor's sitting on the couch, and he's having flashbacks of Helen, and he's starting to cry. And you can see 
Oh, I just want to say, you do see Stacy's boobs through her white shirt. Holy shit, it's, those it's, are some perky tits. And there's no bra. I mean, you see boobs, nips, everything. It's Jesus, like, it's it's like a white, it's like a wet t-shirt contest, but there's no wet t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, it? it's like, yeah. it's more graphic than, like, when Helen was taking a bath yeah. earlier, you know? Like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, those are some tits. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got really excited there. So, Trevor goes to the bathroom, he's in front of the mirror, he, sees, he says Helen's name twice, he's like, He's not like Helen. Helen. He's like Helen. He's like mopey. Helen. He's like all mopey and well, sad. He's, he's, he's sad. His yeah. wife is dead. And, and then he turns off the lights for some reason, and he says it three more times. Which Bob was like, first of all, even if you did believe in the K-Man myth, first of all, why would you suddenly believe like, oh, if I turn off the light and say three, now it's going to work on Helen? There's no mm-hmm. rational reason why Helen would become. He's in mourning, Marshall. It doesn't make any so, sense. Of course, Helen appears behind him, head burnt. You know, she's all burnt and scarred. Her hand is burnt. She's, her hand is not a hook like Candyman. She's no. holding Candyman's hook in right. her hand, in the burnt hand. And she says, Helen says, what's the matter, Trevor? Scared of something? And she just stabs him with the hook. Slices him up. And you get mouth blood. And <laughs> Stacy starts walking towards the bathroom. because like, hey, what was that noise? And she opens the door, and there's Trevor in the tub, blood all over the place. Gashed all up. And just like Helen was with Bernadette earlier, Stacy is holding a kitchen mm-hmm. knife, and she starts screaming. So we love to leave that. Now Stacy's probably going to get arrested for Trevor. Now Trevor. getting framed, yeah, like Cut Helen was. Cut to the Candyman lair and what looks like an altar. And it zooms in on the altar, it zooms in, and roll credits. But as the credits start rolling, the camera continues to zoom in on the painting on the wall behind the altar. And it's the painting of Helen, and there's um, there's a large slash through it, like right above her head. There's like a big rip. Like, well, let me took a hook, slash through it, and continues to zoom in, zoom in. And Helen's hair looks like it's on fire. It's flames, it's yeah. Flames. But it's very like I don't know, kind of that Catholic esque type of yeah, art, it's you know? Yeah, yeah. And you keep zooming in, and you get to close up of Helen's eyes, fade to black. Roll rest of the credits. That's Candyman. That is Candyman. So, with the movie being over, I was moving on to what the other uh, sites and people kind of thought of this movie. Uh, the ratings. This is actually one of the highest rated movies we've done. Yeah. I, I should yeah. say one of It's the highest rated we've done so far. Mm-hmm. IMDb had a 6.6 out of 10. Now, Rotten Tomatoes. This one blew my mind. 71, right? 71% yeah. on the thermometer with a 61% audience score, which is the highest ever, not for a movie, but highest we've ever done. Right. And Amazon has a four out of five. Uh, plot keywords, there were a ton of them. There are 115, so t- totally not going through those. But some of the ones I found odd and fun were Lynch Mob, <laughs> Slow Motion. Slow Motion. Slow Motion, yeah. Um, Budweiser. She did drink a Budweiser she beer. Did. Yes, she did. Girl Budweiser. Um, nipples visible through clothing. <laughs> Those were great. <laughs> Toilet. Feces. Oh, sure. Telephone. Okay. Dead baby. Yeah. Child murder. Yeah. Loss of penis. <laughs> Could you imagine somebody typing those words into a movie? Like, hey, I want to see a movie with child murder, loss of dead penis. babies, and a loss of a penis. Oh, Candyman, right well, on. Can, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now we get to the, the game, a little game here. It's time to play Guess the Budget. All right, all, all right. All right, Aaron. 
Okay, this movie was made in 1992. 92. It was done by TriStar Entertainment, which is a pretty decent uh, production company. Um, it was filmed in Chicago on set, on location. So you actually lose. It's not as expensive. You don't have to pay a lot of people. Uh, you actually one of the. This is a little odds and ends, which I'm going to go ahead and mention in my thing. Is they probably saved a little bit of money on extras. Because they actually used gang members of Cabrini Green as extras because it's like a like you even said, this is a hardcore place. They provide so, protection to the cast and crew. Right. And and, and they but as long as they put him in his extras. Yep. So I, I don't think they didn't have <laughs> Yeah, they probably didn't have to pay him, so he got some free extras. So, talk about a hostile workplace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're saving a little bit of money there, perhaps. Uh the special effects were pretty good. Um you did have some digital effects, not a lot. Digital effects are cheap. Real effects are more expensive. Pretty, it seems, it, I, 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 give me your answer. I'm going to go 12. You busted your load again. Uh, Way overshot. Six million. Six. Six million. And on the opening weekend, wow. opening weekend, it grossed. Five million four hundred thousand and change on opening weekend. Its total gross estimated in the United States was twenty five million and eight hundred thousand. So, so this is the first movie that we that it made. I mean, it was a big financial. Even if thing. it was made for twelve million, like I said, that still would have yeah. more than doubled. Yeah. That's wow. That's huge. Huge. So definitely understand why it spawned hmm. two more. You sequels. know, I was even thinking about adjusting for inflation, but. I should have done that. I should have. I should have adjusted for inflation. I mean, it. It's hard to say adjusting for inflation when I lived and bought things in 1992. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I guess so, you just don't adjust as much. Like, well, for Chud, I did a pretty good adjustment. Yeah, Chud. Yeah. Ugh. So, here's some other trivia facts I find in my research of these movies. You cover the first one with the, the gangs, yeah, yeah, the which gang I thought members, you know, was which I guess would have been the gangster type was based on the Cabrini Green right history. Um, the bees using me were specifically bred for this movie. They needed to make sure the bees were only 12 hours old so they looked like mature bees, but their stingers wouldn't be powerful enough to do any real damage. So they, Yeah, I, I read that too. So the bees can't penetrate skin. Yeah, if they're so only 12 they're, hours they're, old. They're, they're only 12, they were specifically bred for the movie. Yep. And an August 2011 interview with Cindy Perlman of the Chicago Sun-Times, Tony Todd said, I'll never forget that I filmed that movie in a building... On the south side of Chicago, building 116, Unit C, he says, that's the Candyman's pad. So there's the official, <laughs> any, any movie buffs who want to take a pilgrimage and risk going into that, you now know the address and unit of Candyman's lair. Um, the architecture flaw, the medicine cabinets that people kept being able to sneak into, is something that Bernadette Rose discovered in his research. Bernard Rose discovered in, the, in his research for the film, and there's actually a series of murders that were really committed this way. Right, I read that too. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, on the DVD commentary, uh, Alan Pohl said that he had, he had Virginia Madison been unavailable, the part of Helm would have most likely gone to a then unknown Sandra Bullock. Ooh. Could you imagine this movie with Sandra, uh, Sandra, I Sandra see B it. in it? I could see it. Pretty good. Although Virginia Madison did a fine job. Oh, yeah. Sweets to the Sweet, which is sprawled the message all the walls in the crime scene, is actually a line from William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Virginia Madsen is actually allergic to bees, 
So an ambulance was always on set while they were filming the bee sequence. What? what? So that's a trooper to have those bees all she, over her face. Now that's a professional. Yeah, and she's definitely allergic to bees. That's a professional. Yeah. Now, this is a weird controversy thing. Philip Glass, who was like the composer for this thing, he asked, was asked by director Bernard Rose to compose a score for his film, for the Candyman. Glass accepted and wrote a gothic score of uh, chorus and pipe organ. The final version of the film was a disappointment to Glass. He felt that it had been, he had been manipulated. He was, uh, well, he presented him as a low-budget independent project with creative, in, uh, in, eh, whatever, screw him up, mistyped. Um, it basically became a low-budget horror slasher fic. As a result, Glass withheld his consent for the release of the recordings until 2001. So the original music he withheld, which is weird because the music is actually kind of cool in this movie. Well... Some of it, like, it's weird. Like, it's kind of like angelic choir music in some parts. Yeah, but it's synthy. It's got the synthesizer kind of sound I, to it. I guess it. the one thing is it's such a stuff that at the end with the credits rolling. It's kind of... I yeah, like, I mean, thought it was a the, the intro music. Cut. I even thought I mean, I, I didn't write it down, but I was thinking about when the intro music was like, man, another one of these synthesizer type of. Yeah, the intro music. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that. The, mm-hmm. But the stuff later was actually pretty good. Now, just like Sanders, he is credited with the music, though. Yeah, he, but he didn't do like I guess this original score. Where now, just like uh, Sandra Bullock was would have been for the uh, the title role of Candyman was originally Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Sweet <laughs> 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 I could oh, not my. see Eddie Murphy in this role. No. I wouldn't. All I would be thinking is coming to America. Yeah. All yeah. I'd be thinking about is Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop. How the fuck could you put him no, in I, that I role agree. and try to make it serious? Like no. he was in uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, Dragon the Brook Vampire Brooklyn. Vampire. Yeah, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. And he that would even try to be kind of scary. But it's still and Eddie it's, Murphy. But it's just Eddie Murphy, and I'm just like. Why with isn't like this funny? Bla- with like a black mullet and a this, beard. <laughs> this movie should be way funnier. It's got Eddie Murphy in it. It's just, it's a, that's a shitty movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. Maybe I'm, that's what I'm we glad. should do. Yeah, <laughs> we should. But I just found it weird. Like, so you met your cast could have been Eddie Murphy and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> that would have been, that would been oh, weird. God. Uh, Virginia Madsen claimed that she was actually hypnotized for some of the scene's films. Well, it, she definitely acted pretty fucking dopey in certain spots. Yeah. Now, here's an interesting one that's really. Um, for the Easter egg people, people like Easter eggs. In Helen's bathroom, there's a guy, Fox mask, hanging next to her bedroom mirror. And Fox is the infamous figure in English history, and everybody should know him from the movie V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta, it's that same um, Max, yeah. Who attempted to blow up the English Parliament on November 5th, 1605. Um, the day was traditionally celebrated by lighting bonfires, which there is a big bonfire in this movie at the end, um, and burning a fox in effigy. Although it's paced in you know, recent years, but it's been canceled because of the fire department. But uh, so as remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. That's the big thing from the movie. Uh, real bees were actually put into Tony Todd's mouth. Yes. While they were shooting the climax. His only protection was a mouth guard that kept him from having the bees going down his throat. So That's he crazy. filled his mouth. Now, you want... Like- Man, you committed. They go to the next level on this shit. A mouthful of bees. Mouthful of fucking bees. There's no protection from stinging the inside of his cheek if it could, but just some kind of guard to keep him from going down his throat. That's insane. Real bees, and that's you could tell, man. That and he's holding still. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) you could tell he's thinking, why did I do this? Yeah. So that that just blows my mind. (sighs) Um. 
Yeah, so, yeah, okay, my messed ups I had was, uh, I already talked about the university and lockers, but and you, we talked about the uh, 1,000 milliliters. Of the, uh, yeah. Way too much on IV injection for any human. Uh, all right. All right, coming close to the end of this, we're going to our five-star reviews. And I won't lie, there were a lot, because this movie is really popular. Yeah, you know, and even with Horrible Horror, this this is probably one of the better ones we've done. Yeah, but there are some that were just kind of funny or um, kind of worth right. going about. Um, so the first one is, like, for weeks after I saw this movie, I'd look into the mirror, and the name would tremble on my lips. But I always was too frightened to let it slip out. That's how deep the effect on him is. The villain, get, <laughs> the villain gives Jason, Freddy, et al. That's all. Et al. A true run for their money due to being one of the few bad guys with real spirit. Another must see any true fan of the genre without delay. Scream, scream please <laughs> sit down. Candyman completely blows it out of the water. Talk five to the star, hand because the this, face don't understand. Yes, yeah, scream, sit down. <laughs> anyway, five stars. I have seen this movie at least five times, and the more I see it, the more I like it. I can say it's one of my favorite movies ever. It's frightening indeed, despite the lack of gore, because looks uh, because looks almost real, almost possible to happen. Which I don't how this would ever be possible to happen it blows my mind. In addition, I love the sublime score composed by Philip Glass. I searched the web for days until I got a MIDI file of it. Five stars. So wait a minute, he's saying that the gore is. What was he saying about the gore? He says, despite the lack of gore, because it looks almost real, almost possible it to happen. <laughs> I thought the gore was pretty fucking gory. I mean, don't get me wrong. There wasn't a lot. It I wasn't mean, overly like gory. Intestines and, and innards being Right, down, but when he's gorier. gutting, the, or when he's slicing up the dock and stuff, and yeah. his stump, and, you know, the dead dog. And, dog head, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some gore. Yeah. I guess he just wanted more. Yeah. More gore. Uh, and... Lania Jacobson, 2009. I watched this movie for the first time when I was 10 years old. And it has haunted me for the rest of my life. I slept with the lights on until I was 17. Actually, I still sleep with the lights on sometimes because of this movie. Jesus. I'm still terrified to be in grimy old public bathrooms by myself because of this movie. <laughs> I've never said came in five times into a mirror. I've never <laughs> even said came in once into a mirror. And I swear to God, I never will. Yeah, I know it's just a story, but it still scares the hell out of me. Five stars. <laughs> Poor lady who's traumatized, traumatized by this movie. She has to sleep with the lights on. Yeah. She can't say particular words in mirrors. She's scared <laughs> of public bathrooms, which, you know, sometimes can be kind of gross. But <laughs> she's so traumatized by this film, she's like, I love it. Five stars. That's yeah. <laughs> weird. Uh, and the, the last two uh, that I really wrote down were really scary, truly gross. The sounds of killings are more horrific because you don't see what's happening. This is not your typical slice and dice horror slash movie. This is intelligent and genuinely scary. The music is fantastic and adds to the atmosphere. Virginia Madsen is brilliant, and I wouldn't fancy meeting Tony Todd on a dark night. <laughs> if you love this film, stay away from the sequel. It's a, it's a load of pants. It's a not, load of pants? Not a load in your pants. Not a load, it's a load of pants. So, five stars. So, you're going to get a whole bunch of blue jeans with yeah, this for that like second movie. <laughs> hope you like a bunch of pants. Uh, the movie would have been totally boring and sucked ass if it wasn't for the music soundtrack of Philip Glass. I love this movie since the music is great. You know, the movie without the music would have been really boring and stupid. But since the music is there, there's a wonderful movie and the best movie of all time. Okay, bye. Five stars. Okay, bye. This is funny. Like, this is the, like, he's gotten a lot of shout outs for the music. And yeah. Todd, Todd Glass, not Todd Glass, <laughs> not the comedian Todd Glass. No, Philip Glass is really disappointed with it and has been dogging it. And it's. It's weird. Yeah. But it's weird. Like, why would you give a movie five stars? You're saying, 
Just for the music. This movie, this movie, movie would have sucked, sucked so sucked, bad. It's but the music made them. And then there's okay, like, bye. And there's like twelve pages of five star reviews, and most of them, oh, there were a ton of just one lines that were really funny, like excellent five stars, or like excellent condition, got it on time, thanks five stars. <laughs> so I swear people, are, I guess people are, don't realize they're reviewing the movie, but they're, instead they're trying to review Amazon itself. Right, right. <laughs> um, thanks Amazon. Thanks Amazon. So that that's basically that, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, like I said, this movie is really popular for some reason. Yeah, it, it is. And, popular. you know, I think the first time I watched this movie was actually over here at your house uh, when we were doing, like, Haunted House Night and Did stuff. Did we watch and, it on those? I don't remember that. I remember watching it. I do remember watching it, though. Yeah, but either either way, I was hanging out with you and I watched I'm pretty positive I watched it here. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, well, it was okay. After watching it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Now, I thought this was kind of funny that the, the staring in the mirror and saying... You know, Candyman five times. Do you remember when we were kids? This is not an uncommon urban legend or urban myth no, being spread amongst bl- kids. They just ripped off Bloody Mary. Exactly. I was about to say, when we were kids, it was Bloody Mary. Yeah. It was Bloody Mary three times, and she was supposed to... She died in a fire or something. I don't remember the backstory on Bloody Mary, really. But she died in some horrific way, and then if you said Bloody Mary three times, she would come out and kill your ass. Yep. And... I remember we used to play that game sometimes, lighting a candle, hanging on a dark bathroom, saying it, and nothing <laughs> yeah. ever happened. So, no, um, but yeah, so I, I do. I remember watching it uh, years ago when we were kids, and then I went back, and for some reason, I watched, had memories of it. I, when I went back and watched it for this, I didn't realize to me, I felt how boring it was. Yeah, like I again, it can't feel like a chud type effect. It was like so, like I know they're going with like a more cerebral scare, like a long term drawn out mm-hmm. thing, but. It just seemed like boring. Like it was. And now it's watching, not a I mean, bad movie, but yeah. it's not great either. Uh, so I'm I'm iffy on it. Its pace is slow. Yeah, but it, it does have. You know, forty five minutes in, we finally get to see the Candyman. It took forty five yeah. minutes to get to the Candyman, and that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that because he is this you know mythical urban legend who you know supernatural thing. So. I'm not. That doesn't bother me as much. As mm, some I, I, just, I wasn't happy with that. That's over half the film. Yeah. Uh, so let's just go. Ahead. Would you? Would you uh, recommend the movie? Yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean, and this is definitely the older me speaking, the more mature, nuanced version of Aaron instead of the you know, blood, blood, gore, blood, you know, yeah. side. It's it's a more intelligent horror movie, I guess. Um, it is more cerebral. It is more nuanced. It's 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 okay. Yeah. I recommend seeing it. But if you're if you're in the mood for fun horror gore, don't don't you no, gotta you gotta be in a. It's like a fine glass of red wine compared to a Keystone Light. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's a time and a place for each. But uh, if yeah, you're if you're wanting point. to go binge drinking. You know, you don't you don't go with a fine Chianti, you know. No. Yeah. That's a very good point. Uh, and other thing people would talk about, and I will say that I did, in some of those, a lot of those views um, that I didn't mention, is a lot of people talk about the twist ending. And to my mind, it, there's no twist to it. I mean, it tells you, basically hits you over the head the fact that here's what's going to happen. Like, hey, Helen, let me kill you and become immortal. Be like me. Oh, let me drop. Oh, the kid drops a hook in her grave. Yeah, says, like, there's no. It's it's slapping you upside the head. Saying like, Helen's yeah. going to come back as the killer. Yeah. now and take over. There's no twist ending there. But what I I'm, I'm going to say I recommend it too. And I 
but barely. Like, it's not. I can't agree with you. Like it's yeah. in the right time and place. Watch it for its relevance in the horror genre and what it's you know, um, where it's placed in the, in the pantheon of horror movies. Right. So it, it does have a place. Uh, Candyman. It's okay. Virginia Madsen does really good. In it. She does a really good performance. She She's, does, and mm-hmm. it's not like. And so does Todd. This is one of the horror movies where um, Tony Todd. Thank you. Where it's not a bunch of. You know, high school or college bimbos, people can start. It's actually the almost entire cast, like mid to late 20s, 30s, 40s. They're all mm-hmm. graduate students or, yeah. f- you know, professors. So it, it's a different feel to it. It's a it's different. Very adult. Ch- yeah, it's more adult. So watch it, but just, you know, it's not going to be fast paced and just prepare for the, the slow the slow grind of, of the build. Part, the build. The build of it all. Uh, so we both recommend, but we will sign off with our favorite kill section. Now there weren't a whole lot to choose from, so we're probably. I'm going to guess we're going to have the same pick because there's not very limited to choose. But Aaron, what's your favorite? What's well, your favorite kill? honestly, my favorite kill is at the very end with Trevor, killing Trevor. That's my favorite kill because he's kind of a sleaze bag, you know, guy throughout the movie. He's he's gives her. He's like falsely there, you know. He's not there when she gets arrested flirting with the gal you know he doesn't believe her that she didn't kill these people and you know and she's just like at ah, time for, you know it's it's her first kill as a re-established being immortal being you know as as you know now people will say helen you know in the mirror and she's and this is her first kill and when she's doing it she just looks like it's almost like ecstasy like she's releasing like oh it feels so good to cut into this dick <laughs> oh you know and it's in, it's not even that graphic of the actual scene itself no. i mean it's a strobe light and you see it, you f- you see a couple sla- her slashing a few times and there's a couple bl- mouth blood mouth blood mouth blood and uh yeah that's my that's my favorite kill all right um i was wrong i i didn't go that one but i see your point that's it does mm. have that feel good all the you know the ass that you know the, the dick gets at the end yeah. good for him, uh, or good for her for killing him. Right. Uh, but I'm I'm just going with the the professor or yeah. not the professor the uh, psychiatrist the psychiatrist the doctor because it's really the only one other than I think Trevor you see on screen and it's pretty like I said he pretty eviscerates the guy it's pretty visceral and the sound effects I'm just ripping the hook through the guy like the guy getting killed who's, who is Ira in. City Slickers of Barry and Ira's ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> He's a character actor. He's in a lot of stuff. I did, I I, you'd recognize him. Um, so I'm, I'll go with the psychiatrist because it's just for pure, just sass for that. Oh, the blood. There's what the horror movie is there. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, we already know our next movie. So the next movie will be The Stuff. The Stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Follow us on our, web, on our webpage, uh, Horrible Horror so, uh, Horrible Horror Podcast. Twitter is so bad, it's scary. And subscribe and like us on iTunes. completely free. And let us know what you think. Yeah, please subscribe. Uh, if you have any movies that you think you want us to do, please uh, let us know on our webpage. Let us know on Facebook. Just type it in. Yep. Uh, that'd be great. Um, and we'll see you next week. Be back here in a Ooh. week. Okay, hugs and kisses. Take care, everybody.